lads and ladies, welcome to the Junior Classics. Hi there, I'm Sir Bradley Hassey, a teller of borrowed tales. Join me as I share stories of courage, adventure, and wonder. But don't take my word for it. You can find out for yourself on today's Junior Classic. Greetings, Junior Scholars. I am Sir Bradley Hassey, guardian of the written word and your guide through the Junior Classics. Our mission is to safeguard the classics and inspire children to a love of good reading and a real and lasting interest in Western literature and history. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. And a very special thank you to my loyal listeners who tune in each and every episode, and especially my Patreon supporters who help keep the show going and growing. If you like what we are doing, creating stories for the good of your kids, consider supporting me on Patreon for five bucks a month. Today, we conclude our series of the Asa folk with the Northern Saga, how the end of all things came about. But before we get to the story, Lost and Found Words! Listen carefully to these words and their meanings and try and spot them during the story. Our first word today is portend with a P, portend. This is a sign or warning that something momentous is likely to happen. You could also say announce, foreshadow, or signal. Our next word is bark with a B, bark. This is B-A-R-Q-U-E, bark. A bark is a sailing ship, typically with three masts. And our last word today is gaunt with a G, gaunt. This means lean and haggard because of suffering, hunger, or age. You could also say emaciated. That's all for today's Lost and Found Words. Now on to the show. In our last tale, how Loki was punished at last, Odin and Thor hunted down Loki and imprisoned him in a cave as punishment for all his wrongdoings, mainly the killing of Baldur the Beautiful. But we are left with an ominous foretelling that one day Loki's bonds would be loosed and he would fight his last battle and fall, never to rise again. This event is Ragnarok, the destruction of the cosmos. This is the tale the Northmen tell of how the end of all things came about. folk had banished wicked Loki to earth and bound him fast in his gloomy cavern. They thought they had heard and seen the last of his evil ways. But this was not to be the case. Finding he could not free himself, but must endure his bonds till the end of all things, Loki tried to divert himself by enticing the earth people to him and teaching them to do every manner of evil. And so fast did knowledge of this evil spread, that the whole world soon became full of wickedness. Brothers fought and killed each other. Men were forever at war with other men. 
no one had time or room in his heart for pity or for kindliness. Sol and Manny, who were wont to drive radiant through the sky in their golden chariots, grew pale with dismay, for they knew that these things portended their end, when those hungry wolves, who were ever pursuing them, would overtake and devour them utterly. And they ceased to smile upon the land, wherefore the earth grew cold and dark, and a long, long winter began. From north, south, east, and west, great snowstorms blew over the world. The frost giants waved their great wings and breathed an icy blast, and a thick layer of ice spread over the whole surface of the earth. For six seasons, this terrible winter held the world in its grip, and during all that time, the earth people grew more wicked until all traces of goodness disappeared. Meantime, deep down in the dark shades of the ironwood, an evil frost giantess fed the pursuing wolves, so that they gained strength each day, and at length they were able to overtake Sol and Manny in their headlong course and to devour them. Now when that dreadful thing had happened, the whole earth shook to its foundations, and Loki, the Fenris wolf, and the sea serpent, making one last tremendous effort, broke their bonds and rushed to wreak revenge upon their captors. At that moment, the dragon that lies at the root of the Tree of Life gnawed it through, so that it quivered and shook to its very top. The red cock, who stood perched above the halls of Valhalla, gave a shrill crow of alarm. And this was taken up by the white cock, who roosts upon the tallest tree on the earth, and echoed by Hela's blood-red bird in the depths of the mist home. Heimdall knew the meaning of these sounds, and putting the horn to his lips, he gave the last long call from Asgard, which resounded across the rainbow bridge throughout the whole world. Then the Asa folk sprang from their flower-strewn couches, and seizing their weapons, they mounted their battle steeds and rode across the rainbow bridge to the great plain, where they were to wage their last fight. Meantime, the sea serpent was lashing the waters of the ocean with his tail as he made his way through the blood-red waves to that dread battlefield. And Loki, who had roused all the host of the fire giants, was sailing thither as fast as the tossing ocean would carry his fatal bark, while from the foggy regions of the north issued the whole race of frost giants, eager for their revenge upon the hated Asa folk. From a cleft in the earth came also Hela, the goddess of the underworld, followed by her gaunt watchdog and by all the evil dregs of her gloomy realm. Lastly, from a blinding flash of lightning that seemed to rend the skies in two, came forth the troop of flame giants, each with his fiery sword in hand. Loki gladly placed himself at the head of all those hosts, and he led them forward boldly against the gods. At first, 
they thought to storm Asgard in one wild onset, but the Rainbow Bridge sank with a mighty crash under their horses' feet. Meanwhile, the Asas had been gathering their forces upon the battlefield, where with calm, stern faces, they awaited the attack of their foes, the Red Flame Giants, the grim army of Hela, the gray-white host of the Frost Giants, led by Loki, with the Fenris Wolf on one hand and the Sea Serpent, breathing out clouds of deadly vapor on the other. And all are marshaled in one flaming square, against the gods, upon the plains of heaven. Then came the crash of battle, in which for all their courage, the Asas were bound to meet with defeat. Desperately they fought, but to no avail, for at the moment that Heimdall and Loki fell dead before each other's swords, and Thor, after killing the sea serpent, was drowned in the poisonous stream that flowed from the creature's mouth, the Fenris Wolf came at Allfather Odin, with jaws open so wide that they reached from earth to heaven, and rushing upon the mighty Asa, he engulfed him in that horrid tomb. Most of the Asas, as well as their foes, now lay dead on the battlefield. And seeing this, the flame giants suddenly grasped their fiery brands and flung them over earth and heaven and all the underworld. The mighty tree of life withered and fell. The golden halls of Asgard melted away. The green things of earth turned black, and still the fire raged until the whole world, burnt to a cinder, sank beneath the waves of the sea. Thus did the end of all things come about. But because the end of all things is also very often the beginning of others, the Northmen say that after many long years, the old earth rose again, clean and pure and bright, from her long cleansing underneath the sea. And in the sky above, a daughter of soul again drove her sun chariot and smiled upon the earth, so that it grew young and fresh and green again. And when this came to pass, a man and a woman, who sunk in sleep in the depths of a forest, had escaped the universal destruction, came forth and took possession of the sweet green lands, for themselves and for their children forever. The end. I hope you enjoyed our series of the Asa Folk. We've explored some great tales of Odin, Thor, and Loki, and many more of the Asa. While this concludes the saga of the Asa, we actually have some more tales from the North dealing with other characters. Our next part series deals with the adventures of Brunhilde and Siegfried, the finding of a magic sword, Brunhilde's deep sleep, Siegfried fights a dragon and then seeks for Brunhilde. We have some great stories coming up, so I'll see you next time on the Junior Classics. Until then, I am Sir Bradley Hassey. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. 
behalf of you parents out there, I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. This is a rescue operation to preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit. We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the junior classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to juniorclassicspodcast at gmail.com. You're listening to the Junior Classics. <laughs> and now a piece from our friends at Fantasy and World Music, inspired from the Valkyries whom we'll discover in our next series.